Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Running in Public. This is the weekly podcast that empowers you to build your running routine while also making strides in your career. I'm your host, Chacho Valadez, and this is my first ever podcast. I'm so, so happy about it. In each episode, I sit down with a startup founder, operator, or leader to talk about their experience of running while they also build and run their companies. You'll walk away feeling empowered to run your next mile while also making strides in your career. And honestly, we support any form of movement on the podcast that suits your lifestyle. So whether you like to run, walk, bike, or swim, or whatever it might be, we're all in this together. Running in Public is sponsored by Arlen Hamilton's new recruiting and retention startup, Runner. A really cool name if I say so myself, and totally coincidental on both our parts. Are you an entrepreneur who wishes there were more time in the day? Have you ever said, I wish I could clone myself? Then Runner is for you. If you find yourself spending more time scheduling, researching, and fielding emails, than talking to your customers, strategizing, and resting, Runner could be a game changer for you. Get matched with fractional and temp to hire operations talent who want to work at your inclusive startup. Fast-growing, larger companies are using Runner to hire dozens of operations talent at a time. Runner is a head of recruiting's best friend. Interested in learning more or becoming a runner yourself? Apply at hirerunner.co. That's hirerunner.co. On today's episode, we have Claire Sherrell. She's the co-founder and CEO of Top Knot. And Claire started running in elementary school, then cross-country in high school, which led her to a career as a college athlete at Rice University, where she ran alongside teammates who would go on to run in the Olympics, be on the USA team, and become professional runners. Claire has a super unique perspective when it comes to running and how it serves her and how far too often we really try to blur the lines of life and work maybe a little too much. I really learned a lot and gained some great perspective from her while recording this episode. We did have a few connectivity issues during the recording, but the production team did a great job of cleaning it up for an amazing episode. And one last thing to know is that this interview is 35 minutes long. So please prepare for 35 minutes of movement through running, walking, biking, whatever suits your lifestyle. Let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Running in Public, my first ever podcast, which is really cool to say because I've been wanting to create a podcast for a long time now, and I finally found one that I, I really love, and it's something that I'm really passionate about. So I'm excited to have Claire Sherrell here with us today, co-founder and CEO of Top Knot, a personal development club for women to move forward on their goals together. And it's a pleasure having you, Claire. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. And you're a runner. Obviously, that's why you're on the show. And you actually ran in college as well. But I want to start with asking, how did you get started running? Yeah, so let's go back to middle school. 14-year-olds are an interesting subclass of human because some people like me are girls and some people are young women. (laughs) And so I was playing soccer at the time and I was maybe, you know, like 4'10 and 90 pounds. And there were people on the field who were fully grown (laughs) and just essentially bowling me over. And it was this moment where I was like, do I actually have a future in this sport? I thought I was going to play high school soccer 
my identical twin was like, no, I'm actually going to go run cross country and I'm just too competitive to let that slide. So I said, I'm going to go run cross country too. And sort of the rest is history. I, I dabbled a little bit in middle school track, but it was, it, I was basically all soccer all the time until I made a hard switch. And once I was there running, just kind of took over my That's life. That's cool. For, and I also didn't know you had an identical twin who also runs. That's awesome. Yeah. Ran. <laughs> Were you too competitive <laughs> with each other growing up with the running? Oh, absolutely. Our first ever cross country race, we were both running JV and we were running in a field of a couple hundred people. And somehow we found ourselves near the front, which was great. And I still remember this to this day, including the time that we ran, <laughs> but we ended up finishing second and third. And it was sort of a negotiation at the end, like as we were actually finishing the race, it was sort of like, do you want to be in front of me? Do I want to be in front of you? And I kind of let her go. She ran three seconds in front of me and finished. And I think that was the last time that I ever uh, allowed yeah. that to happen. <laughs> and is her side of the story that she actually did beat you, but you say that you did it? Cause I'm sure that's what my siblings would say. <laughs> sure. It'd be different. <laughs> But I think Allie is an interesting, she's like the most mentally strong runner that I know. And I wish I had a little bit more of that because um, I think I took to the sport more naturally, but the mental component is such a huge deal. And I always have looked up to her for just being just totally capable of bearing a ton of wow, pain. That's cool. Why do you run? I think it is cliche to say that it's an outlet or it's, or it's me time, but that's actually how it functions. I was always a team sport and team runner. And then after college, I kind of had this notion when I started teaching that I would actually coach track and be totally immersed in it. And there was this, this moment that clicked for me where I was like, okay, actually running is kind of the only point in the day that is just about me. And just about my thoughts and just about uh, making myself better. And so since then, I've been a little bit more selfish about running. Yeah, like a meditation practice where I'm like sitting or trying to clear my mind has never actually worked for me. I need to, I need to release in movement. It, it's kind of a daily reminder of being alive. I actually don't really like days that I go through without feeling some level of pain, self-imposed, right? There's, yeah, there's just something about it that, that kind of is a reminder of humanity. Yeah. Has why you run changed over the years, especially since you've been running since such for since such a young age? Yes and no. I would say there's a paradigm of some people are trainers and some people are racers. And I definitely was always a racer. Like I love to get into an event and prove to myself what I can do and prove to others where what my training has been like. And still to this day, I need to be signed up for a race in order for me to be consistent about running because it while it is meditative and it's a release and it's all these things, it is fundamentally a test of performance. And I, I like having those check-ins, but I take myself way less seriously. That's good. <laughs> and <laughs> what was your experience like running as a college athlete? So running in college, I think was the most competitive period of my life or how I understand myself to be now. So, okay, I ran at Rice from 2005 to 2010. And that was a period where the team was excellent, not because of me necessarily. <laughs> so people from that squad went on to run at the Olympics and run on USA teams and be professional. So yeah, I'm coming in from high school 
a semi big fish in a, in a small pond uh, and I arrive at Rice and while I can contribute team wise, I'm, it's the first time that I was ever around athletes who were just spectacularly more talented. And so being up close to that was formative in the sense that I got to see what excellence looks like at the same time. So now uh, everybody does college on Zoom, or at least like most lectures are recorded. Back in 2005, 2000, it's not actually the case. And so I was running track. We were flying out most Fridays. Sometimes we had these like three to five day meets. I was missing a lot of school. And so ironically, I would say running also got me to just like sort of chill out and put things in perspective. Like while I'm watching these like really great people and I'm understanding what excellence looks like, I'm also realizing that like, I actually can't be at school if I'm only going to 80% of it. And so it was this moment where I got to step back and sort of figure out what was important to me. Yeah. And then you have so many leadership lessons. Like I definitely believe that you can leap from behind as, as a result. You know, I was very cross country, you score five people and seven people typically run. And I was basically always six or seventh if I was in a cross country race. I've scored very few times. My total conference points, I think over the five years were like five. I mean, this is, I'm not going to try to put out there that I was like the biggest contributor per se in the, in the ways that we typically look at contribution, but my five years there, I was the glue that helped keep the team together and sort of the heartbeat of the org. And yeah. And so seeing contributions that aren't obvious was, was like a really important lesson for me to get at age 19, 20. And I actually ended up staying five years. And, and essentially you're living the life of more, more or less a pro athlete, because I would wake up, I would go for a run, I'd go do some rehab, I'd hang out with my coach, I had like one credit hour, <laughs> I really wasn't doing school. And that was such an important transition year for me, as far as sort of understanding what input, input versus outcome look like, right, and just what my limits were, what it looked like to doggedly pursue a goal. Which for me, like that, that's what entrepreneurship right. is. What's one of the lessons that you learned as a college athlete that still affects you today? Yeah, I, I think something around this notion of where you put your energy is where you're going to see results and that you can't do it all. <laughs> and so you have to, you have to make decision priorities, right? And then stick with them. You'll either spread yourself too thin and burn out, or you're not going to see that you're proud of across like any of the dimensions. Yeah. I think of all the lessons that, I mean, myriad lessons that come up for me, <laughs> running is sort of a, an ultimate metaphor for life. I also just have the best friends from it. <laughs> yeah. So just having those friends in my life is, is sort of equally great. Yeah. Yeah. I was on a run yesterday and I was thinking about something and I'm like, Oh wait, this would apply in startups as well. But right. is it too cliche <laughs> to be like, Hey, my, my exercise routine is like, this is how it applies to business and startups. But it's so true. Like, I think right. that's part of the reason why I, I want to like, wanted to start this podcast is because there's so many parallels. And right. I, I think that that's really important to tease those out. Yeah. And I think the overused, like life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon, but I'm like, yeah, but are we on, are we refueling? <laughs> Where are <laughs> right. we in that marathon? Like, let's break down that metaphor even further. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. How does running affect your work? 
since we're now talking about work a little bit. Yeah. So I am currently training for a marathon, which like I said, I need to have a race on the calendar in order to stay focused, but in an effort to not have it overtake my work for our priorities conversation, (laughs) I had to do this running program that only has three days of running per week. Um, right. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little nervous about it. So, so I am currently running on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday is just sort of like a standard easy run. Thursday is a bit more of a workout. And then did I say Sunday? Saturday is my long run. And then I am biking two days a week. So Wednesday and Sunday, um, and then Monday and Friday are totally off. And what's been interesting thus far is that as far as time, it's felt like it's taken very little away from work, which feels interesting. And I'm finding myself working better on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I've gotten up, I've been outside, I've had time to think and so I've had time to listen to podcasts that help me help something, but mostly it's time that I can sort of separate my feelings. And I don't know, I've made this joke with Brooke, my co-founder, like a thousand times, but I'm, I'm always questioning why I've been running essentially every day since I'm 14. And every morning that I go for a run before work and I'm like, oh, that was so useful. Or my, my head is so clear now, or I feel so much better at why I just don't realize and recognize that every single day and just sure. do it sort of automatically. But it definitely affects my work for the And by holding myself to this program that gives me uh, much more flexibility throughout the week, it is not negatively impacting the work by, by taking me away from it. Sometimes yeah, I would say, sense. you know, when I was teaching, I would have to wake up at 5 a.m. to train for a marathon and I'd be running for an hour and a half or something before school. And then I'd get to school and be candidly pretty sleepy. And and I think that just not at that point in my life right now where I want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess what what's the yeah. most difficult part of balancing the running routine and being a founder? Sticking to the plan, right? Because I made a decision that upfront that weighed the the needs of our business with my needs in order to complete this race that I wanted to complete. And I'm feeling a tension within myself where I'm not doing enough, right? Or this isn't going to be sufficiently preparatory. And I can't succumb to those feelings or else I think I'm going to be dissatisfied across like a couple different dimensions. So yeah, it, it sort of feels like putting together my own little like life OKRs <laughs> and then right. trusting that like three days a week is like actually the key result that I'm chasing after. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I, there are there have already been moments in this training cycle where I'm questioning whether or not or not I'm doing enough. And I really am just trying to stick to stick to a plan. Yeah, I've been there for sure. Would you consider running as part of your job? Oh, that's interesting. No. (laughs) And I think that that's what I, what makes it sacred. I think we sometimes try to put too much weight on things that are career or like blur the line too much between career and life. And there are some places where that's unavoidable and there's some places where that's helpful, but no running is back to my point about being a little bit selfish about it. It's for me. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I've sort of 
justified going on runs or longer runs during the week because I'm like, well, it's kind of part of my job because it makes me better. It gives me clarity. I come up with ideas and that type of thing. But you do make a good point in terms of not everything has to be pointed back at work, especially something as like sacred as running. And it is sacred in my opinion as well. Right. I also find it easier to say that I'm going to bed at a reasonable hour who am I kidding? I go to bed at like, (laughs) but I want that to be tied to performance and health and doing things for me and not necessarily outcomes for the business because one is going to be around much longer. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think you should probably feel good about doing the three day a week training just because you've been running for so long that you probably have that really strong base that helps. I into is it the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours? Like there, there is something to just having put in the, the lifetime, everything from being a little kid on a playground all the way to today. And I will say, there's some subconscious about knowing that you've put in the work. I think for anything, right? Like there's a confidence that comes, a quiet confidence that comes from knowing that you you put in a full effort and. I am conscious that that I might get to the line in, in March and, and have this crisis of confidence where I know that I didn't actually do all the work that I do. So I'm hoping that my subconscious has really gone in on the, on the thing that you're talking about where it's like, it's a lifetime accumulation. We've done the work. It'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I think being nervous about it now is probably counteractive to, no, to it's okay. doing well in March. <laughs> You'll do great. And you've actually invited me to come as well, which we'll see. Yeah. And what would you say is the thing that people misunderstand the most about running? There's some notion that it's either punishment, like all these high school cross country teams have shirts that say my sport is your sports punishment or that it's like a means to an end. I think it's its own beautiful dance on its own. Um, And then I, when people are first starting, because I actually take a great deal of interest and care in people who are starting running for the first time or maybe don't feel like a classical runner, however you want to interpret. I, I love helping people get started. And I think some people think it always has to be this brutal slog and a struggle. And it's like, no, like, I walk. I totally walk. Like I, there are days where I run super, 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 super easy. And even if I, my legs feel great, like the whole purpose of the run is just to, to concentrate on making things as like weightless and easy as possible. So yeah, if it, if it feels like a punishment every day, I think you're doing it wrong. I actually, consciously think about smiling, which was my least favorite part about running in a mask, because I will smile at every single person I pass. And I was doing it under my mask and realizing uh, that it was sort of futile at first. And then I was like, oh, actually, wait, this is for me too. Like this moment of beaming at other people (laughs) is actually a moment where I am reminding myself of the great gift of movement. And I don't take for granted that, that this is, uh, that everybody can't, can't get out and, and run. I have close family members who are incapable of, of walking. And so 
I, I just want to sit with the privilege that is like motion and seeing the world, uh, moving on your two feet. But yeah, I, the misunderstanding I think is, is that it's supposed to be hard. It's not, it's supposed to be joyful. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a great book called 8020 running that talks about running, running for 80- time, right? Yeah. And it's like running for time and also running 80% of your runs at a conversational pace where you can actually have a conversation with someone and how that actually over time makes you a faster runner. Where, whereas like the common like ideas that you need to do all these sprints or do tempo runs or whatever it might be to, in order to get faster. And while those might help, like in the long term, it's actually running slow over long periods of time that actually help you get faster. Yeah. And, and we were talking about college earlier. We used to do this hill run. <laughs> so I went to school in Houston. There are no hills, literal mound, like an actual just man-made mound on an amphitheater that was in a park very close to Rice's campus. And we used to run up and over it on Monday for an hour, 75 minutes, like literally just up and down this mound, oh, wow. um, which coming from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was like the, the funniest thing to me because there was nothing but hills where I was. <laughs> but sure, anyway, sure. Um, and we would just talk the whole time, right? Just connect. We would all tell each other Monday morning via text message, like come with a story, Except, and people used to find this funny. We would tell people most of our runs, we actually just spend connecting and talking. My best friends, because these are the people who I spend the most time just talking. How can you do that while you're running? And I, back to the being easy, like everyone can actually run or walk at a conversational pace. Like you just need to slow yourself down enough or you need to take enough walking breaks, but it's so much more fun when you somebody It's so much more fun. You have such different ideas when your legs are moving. <laughs> right. You really do. Yeah. yeah. This is part, this podcast came via a run, this podcast idea, I should say. Yeah. Um, so if someone starts, like someone has never run before and you like, where should they start? with trying to start running or walking yeah Yeah. i think get fitted for good (laughs) there's so many people i know who are running on just what they have and it makes a world of difference so that would be that would be step one and then i actually really like plan and here's the reason why once i vet plans and i made that decision And my like only thing that I need to do now is follow it as opposed to, oh, it's Monday. I could run. I could not. No, Monday says it's resting. And so I'm going to do. And like there's potentially like a air of inflexibility here. But for me, it's actually just so much easier to be told what to do um, on paper. And then not have to overthink it because I think every single, if you're negotiating this decision every single day, every single day, it's going to be a decision point and it's just going to feel harder than it needs to. I will actually say I 
really love the Nike uh, running club training plans. I think that they're great and they're really beginner friendly and they come with these guided, it's like real product placement here. (laughs) They come with these guided uh, audio runs and there's a coach talking to you. I find that so useful, particularly when you're getting started and they're fun and you can put music on in the background or you cannot. Then the person just like comes into your ear and says, you're five minutes in, let's like do a systems check or think about your breathing. That sort of stuff is so helpful in the beginning. It's so helpful to just hear somebody reinforce that you're doing exactly what you need to do in that moment and that you don't have to overthink what the end goal looks like. It's you're here in the present. Let's talk to you about making sure that you're, you're doing things the way you should in this moment and nothing else. So yeah, get a, get good shoes and have somebody else tell you what to do. And you can sort of put decision-making on autopilot. Yeah. And I think it's running warehouse has a lot of great information on shoes and great reviews. If someone's looking for shoes, because I know that's a whole nother topic as well, or, or running shoes and what 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 to <laughs> right. buy and all that stuff. What conversation do you have with yourself when you don't feel like running? I think the conversation always has like a warm a warm demander feeling. If you can do it and it makes sense, like let's not have excuses. And if it's really not going to happen today, like literally no point because this is supposed to be about joy and progress. And I'm not always gentle with myself. Last week, I uh, was supposed to do a four mile pace run that just totally fell apart. And I, you know, came back and I felt like such a failure. And how could I possibly do 26 miles at this pace if I can't even hold four right now? And it was actually Brooke, my co-founder, who who talked me out of it and was like, what is the run for you right now? What, and like allowed me that voice. So it's, it's, it's not always easy. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to claim that this isn't a constant conversation and a constant negotiation with yourself in order to be the kind person that you need to be. But, but yeah, I, I think turning that discussion into something where you don't have to make too many choices. You just have to look at what what is prescribed for you and then whether or not today is actually the day, right? Like like you have it within you that, that seems to be the, the easiest conversation for me to have, particularly on days when I don't feel like it. We are also heading into the winter and I am not a cold weather runner. I lost all of that in Texas. (laughs) And so you know, during the summer, I have far fewer conversations and I'm, I'm not quite yet the person that there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes. Like I'm not, I'm not really there yet because I think that there is bad weather, but, but yeah, just sort of fortifying yourself against the things that you know, that you don't like, like, mm, mm -mm. yeah, don't like cold weather running, but we're going to do it. (laughs) I know I'm in Michigan and yesterday it was like 30 something degrees, but it was like a warm 30 so it wasn't that bad but still some gloves help for sure but on like the negative five no 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 treadmill day maybe (laughs) yeah yeah that's something i struggle with when i'm doing plans to me it actually causes more stress in the sense of like i feel like if i don't do the run then i'm failing and i'm failing the plan i'm failing myself and my wife is always like no, you don't need to be so regimented with the plan. Like it's just there as a baseline. 
you're doing most of the runs. If you miss a, miss a run or two, like it's going to be okay, but you still have that mental battle of like, no, like I missed a five mile run and then that's going to be five miles less than I ran this month. And I need to try to make it up somewhere else and, and whatnot. And so I appreciate you saying just like being kind to yourself because it, it can be really difficult. Yeah. Have a short memory. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah. I never try to make up things that I miss. So this is my current plan. I realize that this is a podcast, so other people can't see it, but I have missed three days in eight weeks and I have them circled, but none of them were made up and it's fine. I'm exactly where I need to be because on those days, nothing productive was going to happen. Right. It's like life happens and that needs to be okay. And I think too, yeah. we don't under, like, I know I under, I underestimate the amount of stress, like how much stress affects your running and how it negatively affects it a lot. And so going back to your point, I'm having it be a joyful experience. That is so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't have, I don't mental have stress right now. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of joyful. If you had to listen to one song on repeat, let's say for an hour run, what would it be? It's a one song. You can't know. You can't be two songs <laughs> and it has to be uh, on repeat. This would not be a joyful experience for me. Let's no? see. Okay. Let's see. I, okay. I know that you said it can't be two songs, but I'm going to, okay. I'm going to we'll split this and say, yeah. if it was a run, I would want something melodic and sort of repetitive easy listening maybe like by stevie wonder mm. just actually and and i i like that answer because that song's like long and so i wouldn't have to hear it that many times right right <laughs> but yeah just definitely something that's like low-key chilling in the background i had to race for an hour and i only had one song for sure it would be Deborah Cox's Nobody's Supposed to Be Here dance remix because honestly, anything on Jack Jams 5, just I rock it out like a cannon. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's say that repetitive stuff is not, that's not my go-to. Besides running, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, for the music. Right. I actually, right, I mostly listen to podcasts because- nice when I'm running to music, I find it much harder for me to, to be conscious of the effort I'm giving and the pace. And I sort yeah. of like to save it for, for harder efforts where like, I'm, I'm just going. Oh yeah. Music is not actually what I listen to most. It's, it's mostly either just the world out there as it is, or, or some just really boring podcasts and not content wise, not boring, but like, there's no music to it. And sure. Right. Yeah. I, I save run. I save music primarily for days where I have a lot of my mind maybe, and I can't actually like mm. listen to content or, and usually it's like an album that I've listened to plenty of times where if it's going on in the background, right. it, I'm not even consciously aware of it. And then, or like on fartlek runs or tempo runs or something. And then one of my hacks is actually on long runs to listen to Harry Potter and the audiobook. Oh my God. Wait, I just, that's so funny. I just finished Harry on my long runs, my last two long runs. That's so funny. Oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> yes. I literally just had this idea. Wait, are we the same person? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I honestly hadn't listened or thought about Harry Potter in the longest and I needed the person who I normally do my long runs with was out this weekend and I was like what am I going to listen to for two hours and so I downloaded the first Harry Potter book and it was an excellent thing to run to oh it's so good I yes honestly thought that this was a hack that I just thought of <laughs> and th I'm talking about this weekend like I haven't I haven't thought about Harry Potter in forever oh this is weird wow well hey this is meant to be yes I uh, started listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks on long runs a few years ago and I made it through the all the all is it seven books I was yeah so yeah I was out there for like two or three hours or longer sometimes and so but yeah, I finished the last book this year, which was awesome. Oh and I, I tell, I would come back from a long run and I would tell my wife, like, oh, I just got back from Hogwarts because that's what it felt like. Yeah, I, wow. That's so funny because I honestly just had this idea this weekend and just, I, I finished one. Wow. Yeah. You got to make I'm, it I'm through all of them Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's your sign. You got to make it through all of them during your training. I wonder if my typical long run buddy is excited for me to be running next to her wall in the great hall <laughs> right. or True. taking transfiguration. Right. <laughs> I, right. I doubt yes. that that's the case, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I've had friends ask me, well, how do you listen to audiobooks when you're running? And it kind of goes back to it being easy runs and not being like super strenuous. Right. 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 No, it's just about keeping your legs moving growing some capillaries, getting better at metabolizing. You're like, yeah, your body's just just becoming a better machine than it was the day before. Exactly. Yes. You can listen. Exactly. And hopefully you're listening to this podcast on a run or a walk or a bike or swimming. I don't know what any cross training too. We're really big on that. Yes. And so second to last question here, what is your favorite thing about yourself and why? Oh, I love that question. I think that there has been a thread throughout my life, whether it be as a teammate, as a teacher, now as a CEO, but I think I have a gift to bring out the best in others. And I get feedback that people who are in my presence feel better about themselves, but I also I think that I have a capacity to help people understand where they shine. I, I like that typically when people are around me, they feel great. <laughs> Not because I'm great, but because they're great. I help and them confirm. You that. are great too. Yes. <laughs> yes. I appreciate you. Uh, but I can yeah. confirm. Yeah. Every time we're chatting, I'm like, oh, I walk away feeling so refreshed. It's awesome. Oh, I appreciate so, that. Uh, but... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks. Thanks for sharing. So where can people find you and uh, follow you along your marathon journey? I know. And yeah. also as you building top knot. So same place, really. So CKL Shirell, which is S-H-O-R-A-L-L. -L. Some marathon content there, definitely some work content, lots of pet pictures. So, you know, love the pet stuff. I'm <laughs> trying yes. in the work, stay for waffles and rally my golden retriever and my black 
pandemic cat. <laughs> and yeah, also dabble sometimes on LinkedIn, so much on Instagram, oh, nice. but Twitter is Twitter is really where I'm most unfiltered and fun. So come join me there. Yes, I and agree. And then Top Knots accounts. <laughs> Top Knots accounts are all at Top Knot app. And there's lots of exciting stuff happening there. So come join us as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Claire, for an excellent first episode. I know we'll have you back again in the future. And we'll talk about how that marathon went. And we're doing together. Right. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I, no, I, no. Admittedly, I was like... <laughs> I'm like Oakland, <laughs> that's in the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. No, I think I, I'm I'm I am considering it. It just depends on my just how I, I took a little bit of a break, like a month off, because I, I had like this really bad runner's gut after a, a long a 22 mile long run and I stopped training yeah. for an ultra. And so um kind of picking the pieces back together there. And so I think I yeah. could probably do it. It's just doing it. Is it too soon is my question. But 22 yeah. miles, well, I mean, it's I, practically a marathon already. Oh, for sure. I definitely never train with any run that long. So on to me, but I have, I picked Oakland and I would like to do Pittsburgh and Houston in the next couple of years, because those are the three cities that have my heart. I just think it's such a cool way to get to know a, a place differently than than you know it otherwise. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at Chicago. Their application deadline is like next week or something. So, get it. Yes. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Claire. Yay! Bye. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you have a chance, please leave us a review and let us know what you liked about the show. And if you want to follow along with future episodes, go to your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button. Or you can also go to runninginpublic.co where we'll be updating the website regularly. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. Flippity flip.